Welcome to Jumping Around, a steeplechase podcast from thisishorseracing.com. I'm Joe Clancy, and we'll bring you some conversations with guests who take part in American steeplechasing. There'll be owners, trainers, jockeys, race meet directors, historians, anyone we can convince to sit down for a few minutes and talk jump racing. He listens to podcasts about racing, sports, politics, anything else that comes along. You can read more at thisishorseracing.com, our online home, and the successor to our newspaper, Steeplechase Times, was published from 1994 through 2012. Our guest for this edition is Jack Fisher, 10-time National Steeplechase Association champion trainer and the man behind some of the biggest names and brightest stars on the circuit. Week in and week out, you'll see Jack's horses running and winning races. He started his 2017 season with a win at the Carolina Cup with Cyros over Timber. Will be in action at pretty much every stop we make on the circuit. Based in Maryland, Jack won the Maryland Hunt Cup as a jockey and a trainer, trained six-time Virginia Gold Cup winner Saluter, and annually has one of the deepest stables on the circuit. Welcome to the show, Jack. How's it going? Great. You're a guinea pig, too, to our uh, early stages of jumping around. And uh, we know the stable's busy this time of year, and we look forward to seeing some of their, your stars show up as the season unfolds. But uh, we're here to rewind a little bit and talk about uh, Goodnight Shirt, a all-timer type horse you trained. He was recently inducted into the Hall of Fame for Thoroughbred Racing, which is an achievement that very few horses get to make and you know very few trainers get to experience. Uh, from your side, what's it like to train a Hall of Famer? Well, I was actually just looking back on the book that you guys created a long time ago. And Goodnight Shirt, I remember Goodnight Shirt that your brother had him, and he's trying to get me to buy Goodnight Shirt. And I'm kind of like, well, he's just a big chestnut horse. And so anyway, he, he won a couple races on the flat, and, and we bought him. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, he wasn't brilliant as a young horse. He was kind of the big oaf. And then he got better. You look at his charts, he got better and better and better. And I remember Willie Dowling rode in the beginning, and I was then I put Shav on. I was wondering why did I put Shav on, and then I forgot. Willie fell on him in Saratoga. He just kind of you know was a big. I think another horse fell in front of him. Willie got hurt, and Shav got on him. And I used Willie and Shav. I thought they complemented each other quite well. Shav was very aggressive, and Willie was more laid back. And then Shav came off of him, and I was like, Shav's an idiot. Why did he take off a good night shirt? Well, I had, at that point, I had another horse that I thought was really good was Paradise's Boss, and that was a Keeneland. And Goodnight Shirt was second, beating the neck, and Paradise's Boss was third, beating the neck. So they were pretty right on. But Goodnight Shirt, you know, he was a big clown. I mean, you know, he just, he was the big kid, and he just got better and better and better. The most unfortunate thing I found with Goodnight Shirt is when he got hurt. He didn't get hurt training or an accident. He got hurt out in the field. And he fractured his ankle, and we x-rayed it. It was fine. And I remember calling the vet saying, you know, it's not getting better. And we came and re-x-rayed it, and he had conjular fracture. So, Yeah, his career was actually fairly short in terms of a time frame, but he was as brilliant as anybody once he, like you said, it took him a while to figure it out. And from somebody who doesn't know, I mean, was that just practice? What made him get better? And if you knew that, you do that with every horse. I think sure. like all horses, you know, that uh, they get better as they get older, that it's not like flat racing where they just go quick. The jumping has a lot to do with it. And it took him a long time to get his jumping down where he was good. If you watch today, if you watch a maiden race up close, they don't jump so well. For you watch an open stake, they're moving a lot faster and they're all pinging them. And, uh, you know, I think today we have the novice stakes, which help bring the young horse along into the open division. The open division is just that they've got it together and you can't do what you do on the fly. It's like, well, let's try it and see what happens because 
the worst case scenario on the fly is to get beaten. Whoever jumps, they uh, they fall. Yeah, and if a horse is losing, you saw it with him in his early races. He he would lose time or not jump very well, which obviously costs him position in the race, but then costs him energy and everything else as the race unfolds. You know. Yeah, I look at it like a like a distance runner. That you know, a distance runner when they trip or something happens, they get in a rhythm. You need to get that rhythm. You need to have it flow. And uh, that was him. He was just a big machine. And when he got moving, he was a machine. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and, and a little bit of history. He is the ninth, or will be the 19th steeplechase horse inducted into Thurbert Racing's Hall of Fame in Saratoga. He raced, uh, his two championship seasons were 2007 and 2008. He's only the third steeplechaser to earn more than a million dollars after Lonesome Glory and McDynamo. And all that starts to add up. I mean, there's a little bit of history to it, right? I'm, I know you call him the big clown in the barn, but there is a little bit of... Oh, uh, there's a lot of, there's yeah. a ton of history there. I mean... I remember that, that he was getting close to a million dollars, and it's a big deal to get that milestone out of the way. And, uh, you know, I was actually thinking at the time that $2 million wasn't that far away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his, uh, so 2007 was his first championship season, and, and his spring season, you mentioned the race at Keeneland, where he was second, and then sort of worked his way up to the grade one status when he came back and won in, at Belmont. He took the summer off, and then I guess he won at Belmont. And do you remember bringing him back there? I remember I remember Keeneland. Keeneland was the turning point for that horse because that was, to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting it. And he ran a really good race. And I think maybe he might have been able to win. He might have gotten squeezed a little bit. But that put him on the stage of, okay, this is a really good horse. And, you know, I'm a little hesitant. It wasn't until he won like five in a row that I was like, well, he's a really, really good horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and probably for him, I, I would imagine that performance at Keeneland probably <clears throat> told him he could do it as well against top-class horses. I think a lot of it has to do with confidence, too, yeah. yeah. Horses, horses, they know. He knows when, when they get beaten and, you know, when it's kind of fun. And I like, you know, I think he was having fun. Yeah. No, there's a total mental side to it. And um, I remember him... Uh, the race when he when he came back at Belmont and he won and uh, again it wasn't very pretty. I remember Willie telling me we messed up the last fence, but uh, it, it it worked. And again, it was sort of his his next stepping stone up into the championship level. Yeah, I think and you know, again with Goodnight Shirt, I think especially earlier there were a lot of unpretty <laughs> races. I mean, you know, he 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 wasn't pretty about it, but he just was a machine and just kept going. Yeah, even the best sort of got to work their way through some of those things and. Um, I remember again. I go back to that was McDynamo was in his heyday, and went you went to Far Hills for a big showdown with McDynamo, and it probably it rained a little bit, so McDynamo got his ground. But do you remember? You know, Goodnight Shirt was fourth there. Uh, were you disappointed in him, or did you think you oh we'll get McDynamo someday? I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the, you know the big thing I think was maybe the next year in the Iroquois that McDynamo and Goodnight Shirt and. I looked at it as kind of the changing of the guards, that McDynamo was obviously at the end of his career, and this I looked at it as the beginning of Goodnight Shirt's career. Yeah, and you can't plan that, but it was kind of, it was great to see this sort of, the, that torch passed. And it was a cool respect. I mean, I remember talking to, I, I talked to Santa after McDynamo won at Far Hills that year, and Willie was there, and you know, the, the, there was a, a neat respect between the camps. I mean, it, everybody wants to beat everybody, but it was neat to see two really good horses sort of go at it, and to see one emerging as the other one went off to retirement. We were still in the fear stage at that point. <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, you know, you, it's respect, but it's, it's, it's really, it's fear that, you know, this McDynamo was an unbelievably good horse. And, you know, you talked about Far Hills. 
to go against McDynamo at Far Hills, was, he was never beaten there. Yeah. So I wasn't high on it. And then when it rained, it was even worse. So Yeah, he, he won He won seven years in a row, which seems impossible, but yeah. uh, he, he did it, and that's how good he was there. And So then, good night, Shirt wins the Colonial Cup that 2007 and clinches the championship, which, uh, uh, again, I went back and read some of this. Willie and you both were sort of like uh, some vindication or some redemption after Far Hills that uh, our horse is, ours is as good as we think he is. Well, I think, again, you know, we went to Camden to be a club horse that year. We had to win at Camden. So I think for Willie and, and the horse that there was a lot of pressure to see, you know, are you going to step up? Are you going to be that horse or not? Mm-hmm. And uh, he stepped up. Yeah, that was cool. So then he somehow manages to go one better in 2008 when he put together what a lot of people will say is one of the best campaigns of steeplechase horses ever had. He ran five times, all grade one, won them all, uh, set a single season earnings record at 485000 You know, coming off 2007, did you think he could go another step forward and get that much better? The race I really remember that year was Belmont. The Belmont, we went to Belmont, that was a prep. And I remember telling him, well, I don't care where you finish, just go ahead and have a prep. And, uh, you know, the pressure was all off, and the horse just absolutely galloped. Yeah. So then I was thinking, you know, I've really got something that everybody else has to fear. (laughs) It's funny how things flip like that a little bit. You had everybody else backed off. Um, That year, you told me he was easy to train and that there was absolutely not one hiccup all year. Was it true? I mean, he's really that easy to train? He's a chick ride. He was a chick ride. I mean, he was just a, a cool horse. You could put anybody on him. He didn't run off. You know, I bet you if he fell off, he probably, you know, if Willie, when he fell off, he probably waited for Willie and picked him up. <laughs> yeah, which is, which again, the, the horse must have had a ball. I mean, his his mental state of 2008, when I'm the best horse around, I'm better than anybody on the farm, at any place they take me, I won everywhere that I went, you know, which it's was great. It's kind of funny with, you know, training horses when they, you know, the, some horses get really upset before the race. And the really good ones do not, or the other good ones I've trained, they walk in there, I am the king. And I'm going to kick your butt. Wow. And he always walked in there like, you know. And, you know, you're watching good flat horses, too. The, the good flat horses walk around there. I remember Zenyatta with her walk. He's just, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> which which backs up to uh, there's a mental ability they have, too. There's physical uh, ability, that, but there's a mental ability, too. Absolutely. Can you compare Goodnight Shirt to anybody else you've ever trained? I mean, ability-wise, even whether it's a horse in a barn now or other horses you've had. I've had other horses that I've messed up that I thought would be, but of course there are a lot of them I always think will be, and they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, his uh, field mate now is Saluter. And, I, you know, he was like Saluter, that he was really cool. I mean, just a cool horse. The shirt was a really cool horse. And, you know, like today, it's cool having those two horses turned out in the field together. And they have a pond and a beach, and they go hang out there, and they stand there all summer. And it's it's cool having those horses around. Yeah, you mentioned him getting hurt, which at the time was sad. But his life now is probably as good a life as any Rex racehorse ever has, right? I mean, what, what's his what's a day in the life of Goodnight Shirt today like? Well, he has breakfast, <laughs> and he has dinner, and he goes hangs out with his friend Saluter, and costly fun, and we have him fenced out of the field with the pond because they'll go swimming in the wintertime and freeze to death. <laughs> but they get, you know, they, they get to swim in the summer. It's, you know, it's, it's camp. It's, it's, life is good. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's gone to retirement home. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and is that at your house? 
Yeah. So do you see him pretty much every day? Every <laughs> day I drive down the driveway, he's there. <laughs> and all summer long, I sit at them, they'll be splashing out in the pond. They got a better life than you do. Yeah. And again, for those that don't know, Saluter was a six-time Virginia Gold Cup winner and as good a timber horse as we've probably had in the last you know, 20, 30 years. And uh, to the two of them together, that's perfect. I mean, uh, they, they probably deserve to be together and are the two deans of uh, the Jack Fisher stable, which is cool. The, the other cool thing about those two horses is you know, in the summertime, I open the fields up, and I have, like, nine or ten of them out there. Those two horses rule that field. <laughs> the younger horses, you know, they get out there, and they're big and bad, and, and they, you know, within about three days, they've weaned them out. And they still fear them, which I think is just amazing. Yeah, they're the elder statesmen. They, yeah. they, they know. They, they, they have respect. <laughs> yeah. Good night, Sheridan Saluter, sit there and tell stories to all those young yeah. guys and yeah. say, look, straighten up, or you know what I did? You know, Maybe that's why the young horses are shaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're going to shift gears a little bit. Uh, going into the Hall of Fame with Goodnight Shirt is Tom Voss, who was a, a legendary trainer in steeplechasing. And uh, the, the, the steeplechase committee for Thoroughbred Racing's Hall of Fame meets every four years, and different names come up. And uh, this was Goodnight Shirt's first time eligible, and I think it was Tom Voss's first time eligible, too. And... Um, Tom, he was comp- a rival and a competitor of yours, but I know there was more to it than that. And, uh, you know, what did, what did you learn from Tom Voss, and what did you learn competing against Tom Voss? What I learned from Tom was intimidation, that Tom loved to intimidate people. But, you know, he scared deep, the life out of me. Every he, scared, time he, he, he loved doing it. He knew he was doing it. He loved doing it. For me, I mean, he started my training career. I worked for Tom, and I used to train a couple horses in the afternoon. He actually gave me my first barn. It was a shed out in the field. Well, I had a barn with like three or four stalls. I needed three more. There was a shed out in the field. He says, you can have that. So I tore this thing down one summer and rebuilt it. It was, was not worth it. <laughs> uh, it was the lesson involved. It was the sure. lesson yeah. involved. And uh, Tom, with Tom, he loved horses. And he enjoyed what he was doing. And he would go, you know, he, Tom, you call Tom at 10 o'clock at night. He'd be down giving him carrots. 10 o'clock at night. Saratoga, every summer, Tom was always out, you know, after dinner, he'd go back to the bar and check everybody. Got to turn the fans on. That was what I would Well, you know, I think for most trainers that uh, they love horses. And, you know, I know Tom, he liked horses more than people. But, you know, he he just, you know, he loved the game. I got to tell one funny story I was thinking about coming here was – when I worked for Tom, Joe Davies worked there, too, and he had two horses from Ireland, Irish Town and Namath, and they didn't steer. And so we used to do this gallop, and we galloped down, and then we turned right along the road. And these two horses, and Tom would be in front, and we'd be behind him. And these horses would go down the six-foot bank onto the road <laughs> right across. And Tom would laugh every day. And we, Joe and I would be just white-knuckled in fear because we knew what was coming. <laughs> Tom knew what was coming, too. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, everybody knew what was coming. But it was fun. It and was he fun. didn't ride either one of them. No, 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 no. Uh, Tom won five National Steeplechase Training Championships. He trained Slip Away to an Eclipse Award, and he also uh, was very well known for his success on the flat with John's Call and other good horses at Saratoga. Uh, unfortunately, we lost Tom. He passed away in 2014. And, you know, to have, to see him go in the Hall of Fame and join some of the other legends in the game, Jonathan Shepard and Mikey Smithwick and, and Janet Elliott and just uh, the, the sort of passage of time as it comes over. It, again, a little like Goodnight Shirt. It's got to make you think back a little bit. You know, like I'm just training my horses every day, but there's a bigger story here, isn't there? I mean, it, that it's this community of people. Exactly. I mean, and you look at the Hall of Fame and the people that are there before Tom, and Tom definitely belongs in that group. I mean, what he did, 
not just with the steeplechase game, but with the flat horses. And there were there were a lot of other ones besides John's Call. You know, John's Call was the, the biggest and the best, but, uh, you know, he did it with a lot of horses like that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, year after year at Saratoga, he was as, as known, his horses were as known as Bill Motts or anybody is when he showed up up there with horses that, to run on the flat and, and over jumps. And um, he's certainly missed as a as a trainer, as a stable, but as a personality, I think, too. I mean, he I said he scared me to death a few times I interviewed him, but he also kind of he would let you in on these windows of what it was like to train some of these horses. I mean, he would tell me stories about Florida Law, who won the Maryland Hunt Cup, and he was he swear he would swear Florida Law had spoken to him the night before he won the Maryland Hunt Cup. You know, and you didn't doubt him. You were like, okay, all right, I got you. You know, and it was one of those I got to go feed him carrots. And you know, he told me he was going to win the Maryland Hunt Cup. You know, which you can laugh at it, but there was this sort of connection to him between him and horses. Well, you look at the people that have been through Thomas Barn, who he mentored. Myself, Todd Wyatt, Joe Davies, you know, there were a ton of people that went through there. And, uh, you know, Tom shared and he, he would always help. I, you know, remember Tom, you know, put his track in years ago and everybody would gallop on it all, you know, the indoor track, everybody come over there and train. And he was always so helpful to just anybody involved with the, the sport. Yeah. What did you learn from him? I learned a lot from Tom. <laughs> that we can say on Some a podcast. Some of the things I can't say here. But no, basically, you know, you work hard, you work hard, and you pay attention. And, you know, he did hear Florida Law talking to him. But, you know, seriously, if you yeah. listen to the horse, that they'll tell you this is good or bad or, you know, I don't want to do this or I love doing this. And, uh, and Tom was, you know, again, he was innovative, you know, putting the track in. You know, he was kind of the first one to put a track in. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of other things, the indoor track schooling in there that... Uh, schooling over fences in indoor track? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we used to work horses <laughs> in the indoor track. We were, you know, but the indoor track for, like, putting we put rolls in there and for starting young horses, you got no choice. They're going to jump the rolls, and they, and they learn pretty well how to do it in there. He once told me he got a horse. I did a panel discussion with him, and somebody asked, how long does it take to convert a horse from flat racing to jump racing? And each panelist kind of had an answer, and it came to Tom, and he said, 29 days. And we were like, what? And so he told this story about getting a horse from Robert Perez that had to run at Saratoga, and it was literally 29 days. And he, he taught him to jump and race in 29 days, and he won. You know, so it can be done. And, yeah, it was from listening to the horses, I and think. that's why he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would imagine, I mean, for you, Goodnight Shirt and Tom going in, that's going to be a pretty, you don't sound like the most emotional guy, but it's going to be an emotional day, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that. You know, having Goodnight Shirt and Tom on the same day is, is way cool. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a celebration of the game for sure. Uh, to Tom briefly, do you have a uh, what horse do you think of when you think of Tom Boss? You got one horse. I think of Florida Law, and the reason I think of Florida Law is not because he won the Maryland Hunt Cup, because I rode him in Genesee Valley over the little fences up there, and they're like telephone poles, which I thought was a bad idea, and it was like two miles, and we were going so fast, and I just said, "Good luck, buddy," <laughs> and he he took care of me, so that's why I was thinking about Florida Law. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I think of him too, most from that Hunt Cup stuff and the stories he would tell about because he he lost the Hunt Cup 
way more four times I think before he won it and uh, Tom bringing him back year after year after year and, and, and when he did win it you could tell how much it meant to him which uh, and it was more than it was more than winning a race it was getting this horse the notoriety and the attention and, and, and the credit he deserved which was cool I and mean, you could tell it mattered it mattered because he should have won it three or four times right. before that oh <laughs> <laughs> Shoulda, coulda, woulda, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, while we got you, how about how about your stable for 2017? Who are we looking forward to running? I keep waiting for those stars to come out. Yeah. I thought they'd come out in Camden. None of them really did. <laughs> so we're still waiting for stars. All right, perfect. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping to talk about Goodnight Shirt, Tom Voss, and the rest of your barn. And uh, uh, good luck the rest of the season. And we'll see you on here another time for sure. Beautiful. That's it for this edition of Jumping Around. To subscribe to this podcast and learn a bit more about what we do, check out thisishorseracing.com. We'll see you at the races. Jumping Around is brought to you by thisishorseracing.com, an online source for original content about thoroughbred racing from the Steeplechase Circuit, Saratoga Racecourse, Fair Hill, and any place else horses race. Special thanks to Charlie Fenwick, WYPR Radio in Baltimore, and General Manager Tony Brandon. Jumping Around is produced by Bob White at WIPR. Thanks for tuning in.